mega level. Oh, mega level. No other being has ever had the might, nay, the nobility. Hey, how's it going? It's your boy, Jersh Manhunter. Make sure you check out our social medias, Instagram, Omega underscore level underscore podcast, and at Facebook, Omega Level Podcast. Anywhere you can listen to podcasts, you can find us at Omega Level Podcast. Man, that's a lot of podcasts, but here we go. Anchor, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, sure, that's a thing, and all of the other ones. Thanks for listening. Welcome back to Omega Level Podcast. Myself, Fat Nick is back with Fat Steven once again. That's no, anorexic now. Anorexic Steven. Yeah. <laughs> Fat Nick and obese Nick, anorexic Steven. <laughs> That's our new names. Yep. That's how we're going from here on out. That's what we're going to be. For anyone, by the way, out there that may be like offended by my <laughs> usage of fat, get over it. <laughs> I thought you were going to say something nice for a <laughs> no, second. No, no, no. I'm large, I'm in charge, I own it, and I don't care. Everyone's fat to me. Until proven otherwise. It's like innocent until proven guilty, but for me, it's fat until proven skinny. And even then, you're still fat. Yep, I think everyone has a small dick until they prove <laughs> otherwise to me. <laughs> if you ever meet Steven on the streets, show him your wang. <laughs> he wants to see it. <laughs> Ooh, your DMs will be blowing up soon, Steven. <laughs> I gotta hope so. <laughs> <laughs> Marion just not cutting it anymore. <laughs> I mean, her dick is just so tiny. <laughs> it's it's all like non-existent. It's just like a really fat clit. It's disappointing. <laughs> it's disappointing. <laughs> oh man, I can't wait till your daughter's like fifteen. I can show her this podcast. Let her listen to it. I mean, okay. <laughs> I already put her to sleep to it. <laughs> she just hates the sound of my voice. It just lulls her to sleep. <laughs> man, it sounds a lot like everybody. That's probably why we don't have views. Yeah, probably. <laughs> Just listen to it for five minutes. They pass right out. I'm like, man, is this supposed to be ASMR? <laughs> <laughs> Can't listen to this on the way to work. I'll fall asleep. Oh, man. So you ready to get called a sexist for an hour, Stephen? Oh, yeah. Right, hell yeah. <laughs> That's why I come onto this cast. <laughs> jump in it. <laughs> By the way, for everybody listening, you know, all two of you out there, uh, Stephen isn't actually a sexist. I just like saying that about him. Anymore. Yeah, <laughs> anymore. Now that he's had a daughter, he loves women. <laughs> It took his love for a child. Yeah, like, that actually, not that bad. That actually is a proven thing that guys or anyone with daughters are more likely to support women. Really? Yeah. Well, it's because, yeah, because they have a daughter. I would think anybody with a mother would support women. You think you would think so, right? <laughs> AKA like everybody. <laughs> <laughs> women suck. What about your mom? She was all right, but the rest of them. It's like, wow, dude. <laughs> oh, I love my mother. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone else, though, fuck them. <laughs> yeah, right? That's weird. That's weird. So speaking of women, uh, this is not really like a comic we're going to talk about in the show, but since we don't have like a dedicated episode for it, I did want to briefly mention Harleen, since you have also read it now. <laughs> yeah, finally. DC well, I wasn't even going to pull it, but I saw like the stack there when you pulled it, and I don't know. The cover always did pull my eye. It's an awesome cover. Uh, I do like Harley as a character. And this is like the, the, and I'm not even trying to be like sarcastic here, this is like the version of Harley that you find most interesting when she's like tormented and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. So I figured there's something you would like because it's a retelling of her origin of like how she became Harley Quinn. It was a month or two or so ago uh, when I saw like the first page as a preview and I was like, that's pretty impressive. But still though, like my original thought was like, why do we need another origin story for her for that the was, 15th time? That was my it first was thought It was actually really good though. Yeah, it was, it was really <laughs> well done, dude. And the same guy, I can't remember his name, but the same guy that... Uh, it's like Stev... God, hold on one second. It's like it's, Stevon. Yeah, it's like an, it's a name that I'm... Stepion. It's not American, <laughs> so I can't say it. I yeah, can't I'm pronounce it. I'm not going to try. I don't want to be offensive. But it's the same, the, the same person does 
the artwork for it and also writes the story, and that's pretty cool. Like every manga writer. <laughs> yeah, but you don't see it much in comics, <laughs> yeah, though. That's really no, that's really cool. I like that. But yeah, it's uh, um, being put out by DC's Black Label imprint, which is like more mature. It's more mature, but it's pretty much become what uh, what was the original one? Dark Horse or something like that. They had a different imprint that did this stuff, and they absorbed oh, it um, and like Vertigo. It. Ver- yeah, Vertigo. They can't kind of can't they canceled Vertigo, and that's pretty much what DC Black has become. Yep. So the we're gonna get place like where you'll see Batwing. But yeah, it's the only place you'll see that. <laughs> not even, not even anymore. <laughs> yeah, it's already gone. Hopefully, we'll get. Oh. I was disappointed. Oh just man, to say the least. Fingers are crossed for some Joker wing. <laughs> yes, <laughs> two more issues to, to get bleached, <laughs> <laughs> like the rest of them. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was really well done, man. Like, I mean, coming from someone that like me that does not really like the Joker Harley aspect of the character, I appreciate how. Like, that it's turned her into the character she is now. But the character she is in current times is the one that, like, I really like. I've always liked the character, but I really fell in love with her when We Birth happened and she was completely on her own and, like, starting to break away from Jokers when I was like, man, she's my favorite character. Well, this, you can tell by the third issue that we'll, we'll probably lead into her breaking apart from him. Oh, for sure, because this whole issue is told in, like, it's her telling the story from the future. So she's very... Sympathetic to her old self and like not sympathetic, empathetic to how critical, yeah, empathetic and critical of like the mistakes that she made. And she views her relationship with Joker and that time in her life as a mistake, which yeah. I mean, like it should be because that guy's awful. Yeah, she's literally full, uh, filled with nightmares in this yeah. comic, like that even really before cool. she really uh, starts dating him. Yeah, because she doesn't turn into Harley this issue quite yet. No, no, uh, I will say though, like. All the comics I read, this is probably the most expressive I've ever seen any character like drawn. Like all her facial expressions were like really, really well done. Almost photorealistic at times. Yeah, exactly. It was really cool. Like I was actually very impressed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, the artwork is incredible. It's like at times it's oddly almost bland, but still extremely expressive and realistic at the same time. And I think it's just such a stark contrast to everything else that it almost seemed bland to me. You know what I mean? Like, first glance, I was like, oh, this isn't that special. But then when you actually pay attention, you're like, oh, wow, this is insanely detailed. And it looks realistic. That's why it looks different. It's not all capes and bright colors and superhero-y. It was yeah. different. I say this, like I said, like, this is the most varied expressions I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you said that. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, I know. I just really want to drive that point home. <laughs> yeah, very, very, very expressive. Dude, I loved the tiny interaction show with Poison Ivy, where she was like, how dare yeah. I'm of Earth, and you're like walking on it. Like, just like started going off, and I was like, oh, yeah, crazy. Like, Poison yeah, Ivy. I like empathy. She's like, I feel all the plants screaming. Like, yeah, that's what it was, time. yeah. How, how dare you tell me I like empathy when I feel the, like Mother Nature at all times? Yes. And I was like, oh, yeah, tell her. Get out of here. And well, the, the tapes of the Joker, how, like, every single story was, was different. That was fucking awesome. And yeah. how she called him on it when, when she had her interaction with him towards the end of the issue when she first interviewed him. That was dope. Like how his brother was his uncle or something. Yeah. He's like, I was really proud of that one. I actually made her believe that one. <laughs> <laughs> that was really cool. I did like the little quick thing, too, when he's fighting Batman on the street and he gets hit against the wall and Harley's there and he just, like, smiles at her and gets pulled back into the fight. I was like, total yeah, Joker. Yeah, by the bat hook. Yeah. <laughs> it was total Joker. It's like, oh, it's somebody else. Am I entertaining you? <laughs> Yeah, yeah was, Batman killed good. people in this also. Yeah. That, well, it's not like confirmed, but uh, fairly, fairly certain. Joker <laughs> talks about people having died in a car that he was in that Batman right just stopped. in the stopped. back of the van. Yeah. yeah. He's like, I understand how the people in the back died, but you're the driver. You should have a seatbelt on. <laughs> he's like, I'm sorry. He's like, I know. And then shoots him. <laughs> <laughs> so technically, he, like, Batman didn't kill that guy, even yeah, though he probably would have died if he was left there. Oh, that dude was, like, very, very critically injured. Yeah, he was, he was very dead. <laughs> <laughs> very on his way to death. 
And I love that they had like people on the streets watching the fight. Like you don't see that often. That's definitely what would happen. Yeah, they'd be standing around watching and cheering and they're, shit. Yeah, they were it's, it's very entertained. They weren't scared. They were just no. cheering it on. Harley was like the only one that was afraid. So like, should we be doing well, she this? She looked excited And I too. still watch. Yeah, she yeah, looked and excited she's by like, the end of it. Yeah, she's like, I still watch and still gave in like that to what everyone else was doing. Yeah. Eight dollar comic, but it's very worth it because it's like yep. sixty pages. Yeah, it's it's two issues, so yeah, you're paying for two issues. You're getting two oh. issues. I say like the average comic's like twenty pages, so yeah, like twenty one, twenty two is almost three. three. Yeah, for the that's price true. of only two. <laughs> yeah, let's buy two, get one free. Yeah, well, that's the thing about black labels; all their comics are pretty pricey, and they're decently large because they're, oh, yeah, they're, I was gonna say they're they, small they, runs. They will not fit or, in a regular comic box. No, not at all. <laughs> they're short runs, is what I meant. Like oh, this. Yeah. Uh, Harleen's only going to be three issues. Same thing with The Last Night on Earth. Yeah, it was only three issues, I think, too, right? Yeah. yeah. And there's also uh, Batman the Damned. Yeah. I, I haven't looked into that one, but I've heard it's pretty good. There's another one coming out from the... Surprise, M- surprise, all the black labels so far are all fucking Batman related. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> there's another one coming out soon that's going to be a continuation of The Dark Knight, but it's about Superman's children in the future, like as the oh, superheroes of Gotham. You're talking about... Uh, Return of the Dark Knight? Yeah, Return of the Dark Knight. I think that's also only going to be three issues. I've got that one on my pull list. That looks cool. Okay. I'm curious about that one. So, yeah, let's uh, move on from that real quick. And some other Harley-related r- r- news. I don't know if you guys talked about this last week, but on November 29th, her animated series premieres on the DC Universe app. Okay, cool. I'm very fucking excited for that. Um, you, m- I don't know if you care or not. I know you're an X-Men fan, uh, but the X-Men, like the classic X-Men animated series is going to be on the DC Plus app. On, on Disney? Oh, yeah, I know. Yeah. I'll be watching that immediately. Okay. Yeah. Along again. with uh, Gargoyles is being put on there, too. I curiously want to watch it again, but I don't want to ruin it. That's what Josh said, I loved too. it as a kid, and I don't want to go back and be like, oh, this is terrible. Jordan Pill said he wants to make a movie of it. I know. I'd love to see that. Um, I feel like with all the talk about it, there might be enough of a resurgence where they might try to make another series. Disney's not going to let Jordan Pill make that movie. He's going to make it way too dark. Well, I mean, I know that. Yeah. But I'm saying they might bring back the series. That would be cool. I'd be interested in that. I was reading an article actually earlier today in IGN.com about all the stuff coming to Disney Plus. Dude, it's insane. Well, I mean, yeah, they own like seventy percent of like media the out world. there, so <laughs> <laughs> they ha- they're going to have the entirety. Bob I- Iger, the CEO and president of Disney, the company, <laughs> said that they are going to eventually, and it's going to be very soon. Eventually, like not like it's going to be sooner rather than later. They're going to have the entirety of the Disney back catalog. They're going to have except for like Song of the South. <laughs> no, no, that's going to be featured probably on the front page. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> they're going to re-edit it and make it not racist, which is not possible. <laughs> but yeah, they're going to have the entirety of like the Disney catalog, which includes like the Disney Channel shows and shit like that. So they have like, I don't watch that stuff, but that's cool for people that do like that and have all that. And they own Fox now, so they're going to have like the, the majority, majority of the Simpsons. The majority of Fox that's not R-rated will be on there. All that R-rated stuff will be on Hulu. They're going to have the entirety of the Simpsons eventually. The first... Six or 300 episodes are going to be on there at launch. And it's like 600 plus episodes, so they don't have the second half of it yet. I'm guessing there's licensing rights so far still for that. It's probably streamed out, or other places probably own the streaming rights for right now. I know Hulu only ever has like the newest season. Mm-hmm. And well, Disney will have everything else. And then all the other TV shows and shit they have in the works. So they have so much stuff that I didn't know about in the works. It's unreal. And like a lot of it I don't really care about. Like a Honey, I Shrunk the Kids Revival for a movie or a TV show, I don't oh care. God. Uh, uh, another parent <laughs> trap thing, like, I don't really care about that. It's like, yeah, whatever, man. Like, I know the Muppets thing that's great for kids and stuff, but, like, I don't care. I never really watched the Muppets. Oh, and from day one, they're going to have everything Star Wars on there except for The Last Jedi because it's still licensed out, I think, to Netflix. And because it's garbage. Uh, it's the best one in the series, but whatever. And they're going to have most of Marvel 
but they're not going to have all of it because a lot of streaming places still have a bunch of their movies. But from Captain Marvel onward, everything new will come to Disney Plus whenever it's like released for digital, which is pretty cool. They're gonna, man, they're having so much shit on there. I'm excited. Yeah. I mean, I'll get it, but... Oh, I'll get it. It's like $7 a month. I'm definitely getting it. I mean, I can't break the bank. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've got the DC app, and I watch one TV show a week on it. I pay. You still pay that? I pay $7 a month for it. Oh, what are you watching? Do Titans. You oh. Titans. So it was awesome, dude. I really like it. It looks so bad. It's really not, man. That pre that trailer was awfully cut. <laughs> the first season's like Does it still say fuck Batman. Well, yeah, but there's an entire reason for it, and it's very well explained and well done too. It's different. Like if you go into it expecting to see Does the, Beast Boy actually transform a lot? Not a lot, but he does transform. Okay. But the season one's Jesus. budget was kind of minimal and you can tell because he only transforms into a tiger. Only? Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, come nothing on, else. Dude. And the tiger's like kind of spotty CGI. Uh at times. But it's like a fucking green tiger, so I mean, it's not going to look super realistic. I mean, yeah, fair, but... But I mean, like... I also didn't like how Raven just seemed like such a whiny little teenager. She's definitely not a whiny teenager. Really? She's a terrified teenager, but she's not whiny, necessarily. Like, she doesn't really complain a lot. I mean, she's then again, I can't really say you know, anything. Like, I, I'm probably honestly not <laughs> overly familiar with Teen Titans. Like, I didn't read the series, like... Probably just like the majority of everybody else, I watched the early seasons or like the early show for uh, Cartoon Network. Oh, Teen Titans? Yeah, not Teen Titans Go, because fuck that. Apparently that movie is amazing. There's a, oh, Teen The Titans Teen Titans Go, Go movie, all I've heard is that it's incredible and it's like super funny. Really? Yeah, I've heard it's like very well done. I will say I watched like a part of an episode later on where they made fun of themselves because they watched their old show and they're like, wow, we were so cool. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. But yeah, I will say about Titans, if you watch it, if you go into it expecting to see the characters that you know, you're going to be very disappointed and probably hate it. Jeff Johns like came out and said before the show even came out that it's a complete retelling of these characters and of this story. And it's not Teen Titans, it's Titans. They're all like adults now. And they're reforming the team. Raven still looks really different. young. Raven is the only one that's young because it's like her origin in the first season. Okay. Which is, is really well done. Is Trigon featured? Like, do you want to know? Oh, yeah. Okay, so spoilers for people out there. Uh, Trigon is featured in the last episode of season one and the first episode of season two. Okay. And in season two, he actually becomes Trigon like the demon. You, you get to see him as the demon. Is he like basically Mephisto for DC? Kind of. But Mephisto is supposed to be like the devil in Marvel. And yeah. Trigon's not the actual devil himself. He's just like a demon oh, overlord from Lucifer, another dimension. Lucifer actually exists. exists yeah. yeah. Trigon's a demon overlord, I believe, from another realm. Weird. Yeah. <laughs> He's nuts. Raven's dope, though, in that show, man. Like, she gives awesome performance. Starfire is the best character in the show. She's freaking amazing. And I'm not, like, a Starfire fan before this. I didn't really care about her. Really? Yeah. And still, comics-wise, she's just kind of okay to me because this version is so different than what you have you in the comics. You don't like her in Justice League Odyssey so far? I do in Odyssey, yeah. I like her a lot in that so far. But, like, everyone pilled in comparison to, like, Jessica Cruz in that. <laughs> she was so awesome. Have you already caught up? No, I'm two issues behind. Oh, I know that she spoilers got killed. That's yeah. where I left off. You know but I know she's coming back because there's like a freaking cover that was already released like three issues ahead of time with Jessica Cruz on the cover, and I was like, oh, well, she's not dead. <laughs> they yeah, think she's spoiling. That, you should read how that happened. Oh, so what? They've already brought her back. Yeah, cool. She was dead for all of about two pages. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> so it's the next issue. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> I mean, that's cool, because, like, I like her a lot, but at the same time, it's like, really? Are you even going to let it marinate? Yeah, exactly. That's how I felt, <laughs> too. I was like, okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh, she's dead. Oh, nope, nope, never mind. Never mind, she's back. That's stupid. It may have been longer than two pages, but still. But, yeah, still, the yeah. next issue. Yeah. And I'm really digging Asriel. I've always liked him, but I love him in Odyssey. And Cyborg, too. I never cared about him. I love him in Odyssey. 
Yeah. It turned me into a Cyborg know. fan. I'm still kind of eh. On Cyborg? Yeah. He's just generally written so bland. Yes. Which I get because he's a cyborg. Well, uh, yeah, exactly. I don't really care for anyone with, like, cybernetic powers. I do, but it's really hard to give them an interesting personality. I'd say Blue Beetle's the only one I'm actually interested in, but then again, that's because it's, like, a symbiotic relationship. Oh, you're talking about the hobby version? Yeah, not the fucking bland-ass one. That's oh, dude, the one friends with Booster's the best one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God, he's awful. Dude, so in Titans, since you'll probably never watch it, in one of the episodes this season, they brought in Aqua Bo- Aqualad. The Garth version, the original Aqualad, and killed him in the same episode. Really? Yeah. Why? Deathstroke murdered him. Oh, damn. That's why the Titans broke up the first time, because Aqualad got killed when they would confront a Deathstroke, and they're like, all right, well, I think we're done. Really? We can't contend with this guy. Dude, he, like, tortures and fucks them up. They're not, they were ill-equipped to fight Deathstroke. He's their main adversary of the Titans. Even Which the comics. Which is still kind of silly to me. What? Deathstroke? He's just a he's fucking a mercenary. Yeah, but he's a genius. A beast. I know. Yeah. That's it's still though, like his physical capabilities should not be able to contend with like the likes of Raven or Starfire well, or Neither Beast should Boy. Batman. Hey, dude, he does. He's a human. Batman knows every <laughs> martial art. <laughs> I say this as a huge Batman fan. Like I stand that boy. I love me some Batman. I love like how what was the word I'm looking for? Like Batman goes through the extremes to where he's like barely Bat competes Wang. with like the <laughs> yes, Batwing. <laughs> where he's like barely able to compete with like Bane and Joker and like normal ass people sometimes. Like, he gets stabbed by like people like Zaz. And then two issues later he's fist fighting Superman. Yes, exactly. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like he can shoot fucking Darkseid and dodge his Omega beams. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, he's got, you know, human reflexes, so of course he can dodge an Omega beam. <laughs> <laughs> That shit catches up to Superman and Wonder Woman. Yeah, and Batman's like, nope. I mean, he did it once, but still, though. It still happened. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so when you try to compare feats in like death battles, that's going to be used to Batman's advantage. There's one time oh, he dodged the Omega was. Beam. It's brought up every time. <laughs> yeah. It's like, he did it once. He still did it. <laughs> <laughs> he backflipped away from it. <laughs> it's like, oh, my God, dude. And I love Batman, but my God. Man, that is like any of the means, but that's a perfect segue into the next thing I wanted to quickly mention. So I know y'all don't care to watch, but I want to mention I've been watching the Batwoman show. Okay. They've had two episodes so far, and they have no idea what they're doing or where they're going. (laughs) (laughs) Ruby Rose is fantastic. She's like the best part of the show, which I already kind of thought that would be. When they announced her for cast, hers like when they cast her as Batwoman, I was like, oh, fuck, sometimes things just make perfect sense. Like she was born to play Kate Kane, and she's amazing in it. And they're already the first storyline they're doing. It's her arch rival, Alice, who is, spoilers, her long lost sister that they thought was dead. They're already doing that in the first episode that reveals her fucking sister. Isn't that funny how that works? So she becomes an, uh, like a super villain and then her sister just coincidentally becomes a superhero. What? Oh, you mean Alice, yeah. and, <laughs> Alice and Kate? Yeah, right? But it's like they, they're already doing this story. So it's like, I don't know where we're going from here because that's the biggest Batwoman story. And we already know at the end of issue, of issue of episode one that it's her fucking sister. It wasn't even like drawn out wow. over the course of the season. And then we're like, oh, my God, it's her sister. It was the first episode. Jesus. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, OK. And supposedly the Elseworlds crossover from last year where she's full on Batwoman in the Batwoman suit is very early in this season. So I'm assuming this story gets wrapped up in like three or four episodes. Hmm. Which kind of would make sense after the way the episode two ended. They captured Alice and she's going to like Arkham. Or they were transporting an Arkham, and then, like, the van blew up, and, like, Batwoman jumped in, like, the river to save her, or the ocean, and then, like, for some reason, the cops up top were shooting the car and blew it up when it was in the water, I guess, to make sure Alice was dead, and the explosion, like, knocked them apart from each other. 
So I guess Alice is just gonna like blame this all on Kate now and be mad. I don't so fucking know. So she didn't actually make it to Arkham. No, she was being transported and like. Okay, well even if she had, she'd have been out like by the next episode, right? Their security is ass. Two pages later. <laughs> yeah, two pages <laughs> later. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know, man. Like, it's enough to keep me coming back because I'm a fan of Ruby Rose and I like Batwoman. She's like the least featured like Bat family member. Because I don't even know if she's like really a not necessarily official member of the. Bat oh, she family. absolutely is. She's the only person in all of DC besides Superman that Batman sees as an equal. He has said this verbatim to her. Really? Yes. He's the she's the only one he sees as in he, she's the only person in his family because it's his cousin and in the Bat family that he They're sees cousins. Yeah. Oh, I They're thought she was just cousins. someone that like got inspired by him. So when she she was left to do training for a long time or whatever, like her dad sent her away to be trained because she got kicked out of the military because she was gay. And when she came back to America, she got mugged in an alley. And then when Batman came to save her, like out when the mugging was happening, like when he landed from the rooftop, she had incapacitated the last person. Okay. She's like, beat the fuck out of all of them. And he was like, oh, am I not? No? Okay. So I guess I'm not needed here. And like one of them jumped up and Batman had to like do one thing. So he knocked him back to the ground. And then he like left. And she was like, that's what I should do. So she started being a vigilante. And then through the course of her doing that, she discovered somehow or Bruce told her that he is Batman. So she knew very early on that her cousin Bruce Wayne was Batman. This is like the Batman. revamp story in like 2005, right? Well, it's the only Kate because Kane story. Because I'm pretty story. sure, like, when she was originally made, I thought it was to, like, pretty much put a stop to all the rumors that Batman was gay. When the original Robins. when the original persona of Batwoman was made in the 50s, it was made for the Batman. Yeah. Yeah. And there was also a Bat, original Batgirl made as well, because that was for Robin. That was Robin's girlfriend, and Batwoman was Batman's uh, girlfriend. Well, now Robin, Nightwing, just slays whoever. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but the, those original personas were not Barbara Gordon and Kate Kane. Yeah. The original Batwoman was Catherine Kane, a completely different character who's like dead, then brought back, and I don't know where she is now. But when they <laughs> when they created Kate Kane in two thousand, I think five or two thousand eleven, it wasn't even that long ago. It was very recent. When they created her, she has always been the way she is currently now and in yeah. the TV show. She was that character never existed before. Her okay. name is similar to the original. It was Catherine Kane. This is Kate Kane, entirely different character. Okay, because she's Bruce Wayne's cousin and blah blah blah. But yeah, she knows that he's Batman, and he knows that Kate Kane is Batwoman. Like, they knew each other's identities. And when he disappeared for a while, she stepped in to, like, not become Batman, but to help Gotham. And at the same time, Nightwing became Batman because Bruce was, like, kidnapped or whatever. No one knew where the fuck he went. I only say because she was, like, the one of the lesser um, shown Bat family members. Because, like, when I read, like, Death of the Family, they had, like, a, a lot of the members, but she wasn't there. And I think in Batman Incorporated, they had a lot of the members, and she wasn't there for whatever reason. She's not often used as much in a lot, most of the time. Then the reasons that I gather that is is because Batman doesn't always feel the need to call her because it's like he calls the other Bat family members for help to support him, but Kate isn't equal, so he'd be calling in a partner, and Batman runs the show. You think you would want someone that's your equal? You would think so, but it's Bruce Wayne. He likes people being under his thumb. That is Very true. Much so. Yeah, that was kind of the whole yeah. story for Death of the Family. No one actually got hurt, but their trust in Batman was broken. Yeah, because he doesn't see them as equals. They're all subordinates to him, and I'm shocked they haven't done a story yet where they all kind of hate kate because it's like wait a minute he like literally raised most of us and sees us as kids and like nothing but this random ass person is his cousin he for 15 years since back in his life and he's like oh yeah she's my equal fuck her get her out of here <laughs> we don't like her as far as that hasn't happened and if it has i didn't read that i mean most of them have like gone off and done done their own thing anyway yeah they all do eventually oh, uh, damien wayne has to end up hating batman at some point because he's gonna have another kid Oh, yeah, Catwoman was pregnant right now, isn't she? Yeah. yeah. Well, I don't know if it's currently revealed or not, but that's But that's rumored. coming. Yeah. yeah. 
Yes, I wonder she's what? not really good at being unpredictable. I guess they need another Robin because Damien's probably about to move on. So, <laughs> Catwoman's well, gonna have a name? kid. What's his name gonna be? Uh, Camion. <laughs> Batman. <laughs> Batman. Yeah. What do you mean? What's Damien's name gonna be? Batman. Batman. I don't know what Damien could become. I'm not sure. I don't know. Red Robin's already taken. Yeah, That's thank, such a clever name. Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> I love the Red Robin costume, but the name is stupid. I don't really like the hood and how I it's like, like it, connected like it's cool. to like the cape. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. Damien should just go and join Asriel. It's funny because like Tim's like my favorite Robin. Tim Drake? Yeah. Really? I know. It was just everyone's like. Why As we- Robin himself, you're saying? I don't know. I just like his personality. Like he's the like the tech oh, do you expert mean like of the group. As a character, he's your favorite one. My favorite one is definitely uh, Dick Grayson. He's my favorite of that's been the Robins. Really, I love Nightwing. Yeah, he's awesome. Uh, he got too big for his britches. <laughs> yeah, he went and became his own thing. He became Nightwing. I hate Red Hood for the most oh, part. Oh, I love Red Hood, dude. He's I such a his beast. Outfit is awesome. He's a beast. He don't give a shit about nothing. I know, and that's the problem. That's also the problem. That's that the problem with like Damien and him is like they're too similar. That's the problem that Batman has with Kate too often. Because Batman's like, let's subdue him, take him to prison, and she's like, this bullet in their head is way quicker. Oh, she actually kills. Oh, she will kill and fuck people up if she needs to. Okay. She does not have that. Uh, she has a moral compass, but it's, she, <laughs> she doesn't it's have that very rule. skewed. She doesn't have that law or that rule to her, her morality where she's like, I can't kill the bad guy. No, it's very much like, well, this puts an end to them. I mean, yeah, that's how it should be. <laughs> I mean, kind of. I mean, realistic too, like. Most of the people in Arkham would receive the death sentence. Yeah. That's how it should be for certain people. Like, for Joker, put him down. For Zaz, put him down. There's some sick people that are never going to stop. Dude, Zaz, yeah, he has how many scars on his body? His entire body, Like, dude. entire, like, all his over a hundred. Yeah. Like, he would absolutely be killed. He's Even definitely if he didn't not get stopping. a death sentence, like, the police force would, like, shoot him. Like, oh, he had a weapon, we think. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, he usually has a knife. Yeah. They, yeah, they'd put his ass down. If he was black, he'd been killed for the first time he killed someone. <laughs> Put uh, down that's quick. too real. No, yeah, this is too real. But anyways, all that's is to say that like Batwoman's finding its footing. I'm interested. I'm intrigued. And unless it gets like worst show of all time equivalents as the series goes, I'm gonna give it the first season. Like I really hope it picks up because like I want to like and keep watching the show because I love the character. Like don't don't fucking ruin this for me. I don't really watch too many superhero shows for whatever reason. It's weird, man. They're very like niche. They're not as accessible. I feel as the movies are. I don't know, it's just, my problem is CW. Yeah, well, you should watch first episodes of Batwoman. That'll be your big problem. It's like, oh yeah, this is definitely a CW TV show. Yeah. Very much so. It's yeah. very melodramatic and, and like over the top at times. I only made it halfway through the first season of Arrow. Oh, I did watch the entire first season of Flash. I need to get back on Flash because I really liked what I watched. It started, I don't know, it started feeling too like MTV-ish. Mm-hmm. I hated Arrow though. I watched about the first the half of the first season. Just like you did, I thought I hated every it episode. I was like, "This is terrible. Yeah. <laughs> this is terrible." The dude is a great act. Like he's doing a great performance. Stephen hey, Amell his is. His sister was the but worst. He's, but he's not Arrow. Like, what is this? Yeah, exactly. He's not the Green Arrow. This yeah, is terrible. He doesn't make quips or whatever. No, yeah, he's not him at all. He's all dark and brooding, and like you're not Batman. Calm down. Yeah, exactly. I, I don't like it. I love Supergirl, but I love the campy and hookiness of Supergirl, the character. She's always like that in the comics, and like it translates well to screen. It's like watching the 1950s Superman, you know what I mean? Like, but it's a female. It's the same thing. I don't like that shit. I'm kind of in, interested in like the Crisis on Infinite Earths crossover they're going to have. I'm very hyped for that, dude. There's rumors that um, the Elseworlds crossover they did last year was really badass. I didn't know they had that. Yeah, that's where they introduced Batwoman and shit. It was all different. It's Elseworlds, so they're all in like different realities and shit. It was really fucking cool. All their crossovers have been really good. Um, I heard that uh, Nicolas Cage might be a Superman. 
Oh my god, from the failed movie. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> They'll never be able to get him for that show. Are you sure? No, I'm positive, but that'd be amazing. No, they're bringing back Tom Welling from uh, Smallville is going to be on it. Brandon Routh is going to be a Superman again. Nick Cage seemed to be like going through like a stump in movies like in the past couple of years, but his, here recently he actually career. seems to be. <laughs> 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 I don't know. Have you watched Mandy? No, but I've heard it's incredible. God, it was so good. I've heard. Is the movie actually good, or is it just he that him that's good? Oh, the movie is actually really good. Oh, cool. It's crazy. Yeah, I've heard. It's like, nuts. You watch Midsummer shit. It's kind of got the same vibe. Nice. Yeah, I've heard it's Nicolas Cage. Just like the director said, go be Nick Cage, and he went, I got it. Well, it's not like to the extremes, like the, how he was in like uh, Face Off or whatever. I'm, no. Oh, okay. So I should probably. He definitely does have like a smile, Nick Cage smile, like the whole wide eye. Oh like, yeah. Like, I should amend what I mean by that. When Nick Cage is allowed to be Nick Cage, I think he's brilliant. I think he's actually like a phenomenal actor. But when he's required to be cartooning over the top, it's awful. And that's the Nick Cage people make fun of. Yes, okay. Or like, like Wicker Man and shit like that. Yeah. That shit's terrible. Like, I thought he was amazing in Face Off. It's the only time he's been cartoony. I was like, this is dope. He's like a comic book villain. This is awesome. <laughs> and then he gets flipped and has to play the good guy throughout it, which he's good at as well. And then John Travolta gets to be the cartoony comic book guy. I just love the character of Caster Troy. Like... How is he not a comic book villain? I'm interested in this other movie that he did uh, either this year or last year. This is going to sound nuts, and I don't remember the exact premise of the sh- movie uh, that well. But uh, I know someone said that this is the most Nick Cage thing ever in this one scene because he's like having sex with this girl that has like is possessed by what he thought was the spirit of his dead wife ends up being someone else that liked him while he's like reading a book of poetry by Nicolas Cage. No way. <laughs> yeah. Wow. <laughs> I must find this movie. That's exactly what I thought, too. I was like, I really want to watch this. <laughs> <laughs> Nick Cage being Nick Cage. Yeah, I think he can be great. I really like him. All right, man. So we saw Gemini Man. Oh, you want to get into that first? Yeah, let's All talk right. about that. So obviously, spoilers as always on this podcast. Uh, if you haven't figured that out by everything <laughs> we've discussed so far. Yeah, right. So we watched uh, Gemini Man, the new movie by Ang Lee, the absolutely brilliant director who has only ever made one action-style movie before, which was Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. I which that was, was the guy that did Hulk. Which was fucking awful. Uh, yeah, and he also did Hulk. And Brokeback Mountain? Yeah, but that's not an action movie. I mean, it's a certain kind of action movie. <laughs> <laughs> he also did Life of Pi. Oh, shit, really? Yeah, he won Best Director for Life of Pi and for something else. Maybe Brokeback? He's won Best Director twice at the Oscars. Life of Pi was really good. Never saw Brokeback. Hulk was pretty bad. I need to see Life of Pi. I heard it's fucking amazing. Never watched Crouching Tiger either. That seems like... Uh, People love that movie. I didn't like it. It seems and very, I like martial arts very movies. hokey. Yeah, I don't. I just I wasn't into it. I like I like his version of the Hulk. It's not amazing. It's okay. It has a really good scene where like he breaks a hulked out like Pitbull's jaw yeah, by like flexing just murders his biceps, it. Yeah, just <laughs> which is really cool. Yeah, it's really dope. I thought like Eric Bana was cool. Like he was good in it, and Liz Tyler was awesome in from it. From what I remember but, from that yeah. movie, though, Hulk was like the size of like a three story house. <laughs> was he supposed to be that big in it? I don't remember. He looked gigantic at times. Yeah, they. Br- I think from what I r- kind of remember is like his size was very inconsistent. I'm pretty <laughs> sure Ang Lee used the same CGI company from that same year for Gemini Man. <laughs> <laughs> no progression. So that's the first thing I want to get into is how fucking terrible the CGI is at points in this movie. Which there's not a whole lot of CGI. Thankfully. Yeah, thank but God. But at times it's <laughs> awful. Dude, when young Will Smith is in the shadows and stuff, it looks amazing. Mm-hmm. And then when he's like in the daytime speaking, it's like, oh shit, this is a 2003 computer game. See, yeah, I this felt bad. that mostly at the very tail end, end of, of the movie. movie. Yeah, yeah, dude, it was... Because oh most of the movies like at midnight, it seems. Yeah. It's like, yeah. they... they wisely chose to place a bunch of it in the dark. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. 
Uh, yeah, but <laughs> it wasn't like an action-filled movie. No, but the I thought the action scenes they had were very inventive. Yeah, well, because you could tell they were shot by somebody who has like a very good presence for how scenes should be shot. Like it yeah, felt like it was yeah. shot by an Oscar-winning director that knew how to make a movie. Yeah, I feel like most of the gunfights were kind of like in. <laughs> Don't get like crazy, but like somewhat in the same vein of John Wick, where they actually felt grounded. Yeah, they felt grounded and realistic. Yeah, like, yeah. Well, like John he wasn't Wick using like a shit ton of judo and stuff. And no, no, no. Yeah, like dude, when uh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead fights that dude in the shack. Yeah, that entire fight was like, okay, I would the people with this kind of training. That's probably how it would go down. It's not gonna be Jason Bourne, like, you know what I mean, countering and blocking everything and like throwing each other around. No, it's gonna be like. Dirty. Yeah, she got her face shoved through a window. Yeah, like it's, twice. It's <laughs> gonna be a mean and dirty fight, but with people that know how to really fucking hurt each other. That's what it's gonna be like. And then I liked that. It felt very realistic. I don't remember her name in the movie. I just know that she, they called her Toast. Yeah, <laughs> that was they, awesome. Like, they I love when he cover. Yeah. when they first gets the Wong. He's like, "What's up, Toast?" <laughs> Doesn't <laughs> even know her. That was pretty funny. Yeah, uh, whenever he showed up, my cousins looked at me. I was like, "Bro, it's Wong from Back Doctor Strange." He goes, "Yeah." yeah I was starting to see him in a lot more movies recently. Yeah, he was really good in this too, in the small little world he had. Yeah, he's very good. So if you don't, if you're not aware of what Gemini Man is, it's a story about a hitman slash assassin that Will Smith plays, who is nearing like he's 50 years old now, and he's 51. 51. Yeah, he's 51. <laughs> make a point of that shit. And he's nearing the point in his life where like he feels like it's time to retire because uh, everything. Everything he's done in his life is really starting to catch up to him now as he's getting older. Mm-hmm. He's even at one point says like he doesn't look in the mirror anymore because like he can't stand to see him can't stand to see himself because he like has done so much bad stuff, or well I guess so much morally questionable stuff to him. Well, yeah, because he made the point like of why he kind of felt the need to retire is like the very beginning scene, like two minutes in the movie, he's like assassinates this one guy on yeah, a train on a moving train, which is very cool in my opinion. That was, it was like, awesome, arguably my favorite scene. Yeah, it was awesome. <laughs> um, it was a yeah. very strong opening. Yeah. It's like a rail train or whatever. Going very fast. He's uh, about two miles away or whatever. Uh, getting um, directions from the guy on the train. It's like, all right, is it this seat. Yeah, there's like another operative on the train this many telling him what's going whatever. on. Yeah. He's like, oh, don't shoot yet. There's a girl. Or there's a civilian, civilian employee. Interfe- yeah. yeah, civilian at play. It's just like this six-year-old girl or whatever. He said. Which was really weird because he just stood up and stared at the guy. And it's like, yeah, all right, no, like, weird little girl, get out of here. Yeah, exactly. It's like, someone grab your damn kid. <laughs> I would feel so uncomfortable. Well, I would too. I'm like, is this girl from The Shining? Am I about to get murdered? Like, what's happening? <laughs> oh my god, dude. But yeah. So like, the mom finally gets up and like gets the kid away, and then he's like, "All right, you got to go ahead." And right before the train goes into a tunnel, he shoots and he hits the guy, but he hits him in the neck, and then he you find out like a couple of scenes later he was actually aiming for his head. Yeah. So he he slipped and missed, and he said he didn't feel right when he took the shot. Like he didn't feel yeah, the it shot. It was luck. But he took it anyway. He's like, it was luck. Six more inches to any side, and I killed a civilian. Yeah, exactly. He's like, I'm slipping, yeah. and in my profession, you can't slip. And he's like, this time I got lucky. I can't do it again. <laughs> then it's like handlers like, yeah, well, there's like no one else that could shoot that dude from two miles away in a moving train, though, and you actually hit him. So, oh, and I love that his buddy or like the operator that he's working with is like, oh, I got video of it. And he's like, you video recorded it? He's like, yeah, everyone did. <laughs> he's like, delete that now. <laughs> yeah, I was like, what a sicko. <laughs> really? Oh my God, dude. Like when we recorded like the reaction. He went up to the body though. Yeah, he <laughs> was like, look. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so like it's it's very much rooted in the, the, the typical cliche like hitman assassin stories like the old grizzled assassin is like getting ready to retire but they don't want him to. And it's oh, like, yes, exactly. oh my God. But they do have like a little twist on this where the guy that he killed wasn't who he thought he was. He was being lied to, and he killed somebody else, like 
this person was a different like uh, had a different profession. He was told yeah, us, like, he was a terrorist. He wasn't a bio like bioterrorist. Yeah, he told us a bioterrorist, but he wasn't. He was just a scientist that was working on a project. Yeah, and he was trying to leave and go back home because so he didn't agree with it anymore. Why the hell did they even want him dead? Because he knew. Oh, he because knew he was doing the genetic engineering and oh, he knew what they were doing. Okay. Yeah. That's what they See, to I had a hard time like focusing on the movie at all times because I was fucking freezing my ass off. Dude, <laughs> I cannot believe I went and saw this movie on Saturday, and Steven saw it today on Monday, and we both had the same problem at the same theater to where it was like 50 degrees or below in that theater. Yes. They didn't even fix it over the weekend. I'm like, really? Come on. I'm surprised they didn't stretch my shirt out because I tucked my arms into my shirt and like <laughs> folded my <laughs> shirt over my legs to try and have some semblance of warmth. <laughs> I got up halfway through the previews and ran to my car to get my jacket that luckily was in my car <laughs> and just put it over my legs. Yeah, like, I, I wear shorts everywhere. Yeah. And I was like, oh my God, it's like my whole like top half was just frozen cold. Yes, I did. It was I terrible. goosebumps the entire movie. And that really definitely like ruined it. Not even because the movie gave me goosebumps. I was just cold. <laughs> oh, yeah. That <laughs> kind of ruined the experience for me like my cousin Corey's I went and saw it with him and he said it was like the worst movie experience he's had and he was like it almost made the movie like bad like it kind of skews his view of it because the, the experience was so bad yeah I'd say that that's happens. what happened to me oh ow, man sorry that hurt <laughs> freaking popped my neck like 50 times right there in like one fell swoop one little motion but yeah so like he wants to retire or whatnot and uh they're his handler uh, seems to tell him that he's gonna like they're gonna let him it'll be okay but then we these things later, we get Clive Owen, the introduction of Clive Owen's character, who's like this guy that used to be a, a Marine, and now he runs this, um, like, security company or something, but they go do these black ops missions for the government. He runs his own, like, task force. They don't technically work for the government. They're just contracted out and employed. And he wanted Will Smith's character to come work for him when he got into the Marines, but he told him no. And then he went to work for the government instead. He works for some agency. I can't remember the name of what they said. The I think it's fucking real. Was that what it was, the DIA or the whatever? Defense Intelligence Agency. Is that real? I mean, that's probably CIA. Yeah, probably. Central Intelligence Agency. Yeah. <laughs> so he and he goes and works for them, and then he starts to unravel a bit of this mystery of, like, why was he lied to about this person? Who was this guy that he actually killed? And he's trying to discover what what the real story here is. And throughout this, he meets Mary Elizabeth, Mary Elizabeth Weinstead's character, who he immediately is skeptical of. Oh. I mean, because he found that little, like, bug or whatever in the boat. Yeah, he finds out. He goes and meets this dude that uh, he used to work with previously. You see all the guys that he meets throughout the movie, like, multiple times. You see these people he meets that have this spade tattoo on their forearm. And it was a tattoo that they all got when they were in the Marines together. I these are all his Marine buddies. That. You didn't notice that? Yeah, they all have a tattoo of a spade right there on their wrist. Not okay. forearm, on their wrist. Wow. Yeah. The guy on the boat had it. The guy in the train car in the beginning had it. Um, Wong had it. And he has it. So those four people all have it. And I don't remember if they showed Clive Owen's character or not, but he probably had it too since he was their leader of the Marines. He was like the leader of their troop or whatever. He was their commander. Their superior, not leader. Their supervising officer. But anyways, so he's trying to unravel this mystery or whatnot, and he goes and meets a guy. He rents a boat, talks to Mary Elizabeth Winesett's character for a few minutes. They have like a, a nice little funny kind yeah, of like interaction. Like, what happened to the other person? She's like, he couldn't handle the hustle and bow or whatever. Yeah, hustle and bustle of this place, and it's like nothing's <laughs> happening. <Damn> shit. <laughs> yeah, nothing's going on. She's sitting here reading a book. So he leaves and he goes off to uh, out on the ocean or out on the lake and he meets one of his buddies out there and this guy tells him that he's got like some information for him and the guy that he killed wasn't who he thought he was, like he was lied to and he's got an informant that he can talk to in another. I forgot what the word was, he like spiked the file or whatever. Yeah, yeah the file was spiked, like yeah. they spiked, spiked the file, they altered it. But he, he tells him in like Bangladesh or somewhere, wherever the hell it is, he says that this other person is the informant. They go see him later in the movie. Yeah. Budapest. I think it's in Budapest. You're probably right. Yeah, I, I think he still was in Budapest. So then he like leads away from that guy while he's 
uh, but before he leaves, while they're having a conversation, he notices, like, he looks up to the sky and sees, like, a reflection. Yeah. And it's a, a drone up there, and he immediately knows what it is. So when he rides away in his little boat... With, like, the most amazing mic ever. Because yeah, right, because they're like picking up the, uh, the audio. Uh, clear the audio as hell. Yeah. <laughs> Clive Owen's team is, like, listening in on them and watching them and shit. So then he finds the bug in his boat, and he goes back, and he has this, like, intense conversation with Mary Elizabeth Winstead's character... Where he's like just questioning her about who she is and how she knows who he is and like who sent her and blah blah blah. But he's, he's like, using What's DIA? It's like Dancing Instructors of America. <laughs> right? Yeah, he's <laughs> using very specific terms and specific names. Yeah, and she tries to play it off, but like he, he's like, name me he three knows. buildings here. She's like, um, I don't know what Markle Building. Uh, yeah, she's like, name's like three. She's supposed to be in, in like, school. If anyone, uh, if you were a real civilian, you'd tell me to fuck myself. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you wouldn't have answered that question. It's like a microbiologist reading a book on microbiology. She's <laughs> like, take me to your house. She goes, what? And he's like, where do you live? He's like, I want to see if you have any. He's like, I want you to take me there because I bet you don't have one book on microbiology in your actual house. She was like, yeah, I'm not doing that. <laughs> and then what was really odd and was probably the biggest thing that tipped him off that, oh, yeah, she's definitely like supposed to be surveying me because at the tail end of that, like a customer comes up and says, like, oh, I got to help this person. She's like, you got to go. Get the hell out of here. And so right before he leaves, he's like, look, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Let me just take you out to dinner and make up for it. Let me just take you out and make up for it. Who the fuck would agree to that? That's why I thought, In too. the right mind. It's yeah. because she has to. Yeah. So he knows there's a way to get her away from people to where he can actually talk to her. Because if she's his, his new handler, not handler, but if she's supposed to be surveying him, she doesn't have a choice. Yeah. She's going to have to go. Well, she didn't have to. She could have been more, like, more inconspicuous, but I don't know. But yeah, he shows up to the day with flowers and a file. Yeah, and a file and on her. her. File. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and her file. He's like, you've been burned. <laughs> and then through uh, the conversation that they miraculously were able to listen into from fucking space, <laughs> <laughs> Clive Owen and his team discovered that like he knows what's going on. So now they're going to put him down and kill him. He wants to use the Gemini Project. But like this other woman that's like that actually worked for the DIA it's like, no, we're not going to do that, blah, blah, blah. He's like, well, you fucked up four times this other time. So He's like, yeah, how about I just one time? How about I tell your superiors about it? We're yeah. gonna, I'm going to do it my way. So then they institute. They did, he did give her the one chance, though, because like they go. Oh, yeah, the a team tries to stop him. Yeah, infiltrate his house, but he's got he's like, like tracking stuff, which they you know, kind of alluded to before when his buddy showed up to his house. It's yeah, like his handler. Proximity, uh, yep. Penetrator, whatever. That was cool how like Kim does phone and shit. Yeah, really exactly. Unique. But I mean, I guarantee people like that have that shit. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. They, oh, yeah, heck yeah. So yeah, he ends up taking that whole team out. And he tries to call his uh, buddy that was on the train with him. The one that filmed it. Yeah. <laughs> and the guy answers the phone and gets killed while he's on the phone with him. Yeah. Nope. And it's funny because you can hear the bullet coming, which is like the most unrealistic yep. thing of the movie. Yeah. Well, besides the super cloning. <laughs> say, yeah, besides the cloning <laughs> and the CGI. And then you see like through montage of different stuff that his buddy on the, the boat gets killed. And oh, uh, it wasn't really a montage. Well, yeah. Okay. Very well, short and I don't want to go through like the movie fucking scene by scene anyway. Yeah, exactly. I was really just trying to explain the plot and then we get into all this shit. But throughout all this, you find out what the Gemini project is and it's fucking cloning and they cloned Will Smith's character because well, they of course, do other stuff too. Because of course he, well, they do other stuff, but this is what it's become. Yeah. Like that was the, the backdoor reason for forming it. Okay. Of what he wanted to do with this. So they clone Will Smith's character because there's no one else in the world like him. And he's, you know, this top, the best assassin, the best marksman. They basically copied like a p- small part of the plot of Metal Gear Solid. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, he's he's the solid snake here. Yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and his clone version is much younger. He's like twenty one or, or twenty three years old. Yeah, still a virgin. Still a virgin. <laughs> uh, I I got the feeling that Will Smith's character was also still a virgin. You think that's why I said that? Yeah, because yeah, he doesn't want to let anyone in. When I kind of felt the same. Well, way. when Marilyn's Weinstead is like, you know, like, have you ever had any kids? Like, or like, is it possible that 
uh, the, he could be your kid because she, during one of the interactions where they fight, she was able to get something that has his, uh, what was she got that has DNA hat. on it? The hat. And like, do I guess hair follicles in the hat or whatever, they did a DNA test and it came back exact with Will Smith's character, like not like a replication, like they're the same person. She was like the DNA lab even thought that I messed up and gave him the sam- two samples from the same person. It's like, so he's not just like you. He is you. He is your clone. Mm-hmm. It's like, so was it possible that like you've had a kid and they were to clone you from that? He's like, no, that's impossible. He just immediately brushes off like it's not possible. And then when he called out the young version for being a virgin, well, he didn't call him out, but he's like trying to tell him, like he's trying to convince him that they're the same person, that this is how I know who you are. He lists all these facts about himself. He's like, you're 23, you're still a virgin, you're afraid to let anyone in. When he said it, I was like, man, I wonder if his character is still a virgin. That's why he... He says that. They usually use a thing for like people that are like that deep in a covert. Yeah, it's just ops. It's don't like, do no it. No women, no children. Yeah. There's no no distraction. No way to have a distraction or attachment to anything. Exactly. Yeah. And even too, like Mary Elizabeth Mary Elizabeth Winstead's character, when she was like uh they're in the car at one point with uh, her and Will Smith, and she's like, You find me attractive? And he's like, Look, my younger self, yeah, yeah, sure. I might be all over that. But like, now, nah, you're you're not even in my you're not even my type. It felt very much like he was trying to brush that off. Yeah. To me. And it's like <clears throat> this dude definitely it's a virgin. That seems very possible. Or maybe he's not, but it's been like 30 years since that's sex. So there's no way this 23-year-old is his. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> From man. natural means, anyways. So yeah, and then through all this stuff, we find out that Clive Owen's character is like the father, essentially, of Will Smith's clone. He's like raised him from a kid, and the reason he did it was to give him a good life because Will Smith's character came from like a really terrible upbringing that like made him quote-unquote flawed as a person and gave him like fears and and pain and he was trying to take that away and have all the good aspects of this person and none of the bad ones yeah but he still couldn't ostensibly change who he was as a person just make him have like no empathy essentially that's what he's trying to do and then when we see the second clone later on in the movie it didn't have pain or empathy or like even its Dude, own thought process that was the most ridiculous thing ever when they were fighting i was like this dude's been shot in the head like seven times it, i was waiting for it to be him or cav one it was superman <laughs> he did it <laughs> Dude, yeah, he shot him so many times with that shotgun thing in the head and in the chest, and it was like explosive rounds. Yeah, and then I was like, "This dude's still walking forward." She like three up, straight up, straight up threw an explosive at him and then shot that, and then like caught him on fire. I was yeah. like, "This guy's the Terminator." Dude, I was just about to say, I almost walked out. And was like, "Did y'all play Dark Fate instead? Is this the new Terminator? Did you like splice this?" What's I was happening? waiting for like when the fire happened. I was like, "Is he gonna like melt off and just show his exoskeleton?" I was waiting for dun 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 <laughs> as he's standing up. James Cameron comes sliding the shot, and he's like, we're back. That goes, okay, so since we're on that scene, that probably is, like, one of my least favorite scenes, just because, like, when they're, like, confronting uh, Clive Owens, apparently, Mm -hmm. is the actor's name, he's like, uh, and young Will Smith has a shotgun to him, he's like, you can't do it, it'll haunt you for the rest of your life. I'm like, you're acting like this dude hasn't already killed, like, 50 people. (laughs) (laughs) This isn't his first time. (laughs) I was like, I get it, because this dude raised him or whatever, and then he takes a gun away and then shoots him. I knew that's how that was going down. I was like, like, there's no way this guy gets away. When he started giving him that speech, my first thought was, Will Smith's going to kill him for it. It's like, he still killed him in front of him. The only difference is, is like, he didn't didn't pull the trigger, trigger, but he kind of did because he's you. (laughs) But he he also kind of did because he stood there and, like, abided it. He let it happen. I know. He didn't stop it. I was like, what a fucking (laughs) workaround. I thought they did a really good job in this movie with layering in the whole movie. I was waiting for the reveal that Mary Elizabeth Winstead's character was also bad. Yeah, I was expecting I that the to whole happen time, too, and yeah. she never was. And I love that underlying tension throughout the movie. I was like, that was really fucking well done. Also, like the fact that they didn't make her like an actual love interest. No, I love that too. Yeah, it was totally just like 
he's a good person. Yeah. And he kind of brought her into this and didn't want to or mean to. So he's like, it felt like his responsibility to make sure she survived. Yeah. I liked that a lot. Yeah, I also like the fact that like when he went to her house after he got uh, busted or whatever, when they were trying to kill him, mm-hmm. he's like, I know that you're not involved because you're sleeping right now. <laughs> yeah, and he's like, you're still asleep, so I know this isn't you. <laughs> but they're coming here next. We got to go. Yeah. Yeah, the fight scenes were really cool. They're few and far between, but they're they're really cool the way they're done. Well, uh, except for like the whole dirt bike scene. That I thought the dirt bike scene, the choreography was awesome for it, but it looked so spotty. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Especially when he was doing the donuts, I was like, that was way too fast and smooth. Yeah. The catacomb fight was, well, the catacomb entire scene was, it wasn't a fight, but that whole scene was fucking dope. Yeah. Where he confronts him down there and shit. I think it was cool that like he stripped her down and like searched for a bug, but he didn't search the inside of her mouth. Right, apparently, she like, her, in her tooth. Yeah, yeah, fake like, cap. That's kind of cool. That was dope. And it's like the whole time she was just didn't stop talking. And I thought it was kind of odd too. I was like, this isn't her character. This is weird. Is she like nervous or afraid? And then it was, oh, she's been talking to him to Will Smith the whole time. I thought it was kind of a little silly that he only had like the one trip mine though. Yeah, well, there was only one point, one way to get in. He had to come into them. I'm assuming. Yeah, but he could have had like more. Maybe I don't know. It's a fucking movie, Steven. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> this dude's a clone. He's obviously not that smart. But yeah, and then we get the ti- we get your typical... Oh, sorry. One more thing. I thought it was funny that the, uh, when he was talking to him, he was like, I lived in like West Philadelphia. Well, he didn't say West Philadelphia. Dude, he did say he Philadelphia, did. Philadelphia, dude. I laughed in the theater, and I probably wasn't supposed to. They I had, think I heard they someone know. else chuckle, too. They have to know. Yeah. <laughs> like, in Philadelphia. He's like, so where are you from? I'm from Philadelphia. And I was like, oh, born and raised. <laughs> yeah, I was hoping he was going to say that. Yeah, born and raised. <laughs> oh, man. So then, yeah, we get the typical cliche wrap-up here where, like, we get the typical happy story, basically. I thought that was a bit silly, too. That They showed him, like, basically enrolled in college. I was like, this motherfucker's not going to live a normal life. Yeah, the clone goes on to, like, have his own life, and he's in school now, and he's, like, got a new identity, and he picked his own name, which was Jackson, which was, like, their, I guess, their mother's maiden name was Jackson. Mm-hmm. So he used that as his first name, I guess. I don't know. Like, I thought the performances were good. Will Smith was great as both characters. He, he was fucking, I thought he did an amazing job. I thought Mary Liz, Mary Liz with Winstead did a really good job with like the paper thin character she was given. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> she gave complexity to it that definitely was not there on the page. That was oh, like, yeah. that character was a fucking afterthought and she brought more to the role. Yeah, I agree. Wong was awesome in his very small part. Clive Owen was really good in his like one He's note. He's still like I'm a, a funny character. That's yeah, what he, Wong seems to he's be the comedic relief. At. I love when he wakes him up and he's like, there's a sniper on the roof it, and he's like, you ruining my life. <laughs> He's like, you're a bad house guest. He's like, yes, he goes, you're a bad house guest. <laughs> is Wong like the actor's name, or are we just his, calling it Wong from his name, Doctor I think, Strange? Because I Wong. think he was also Wong. I'm pretty sure his last name actually is Wong. Okay. Yeah. This is kind of funny, but he got cast as the character Wong, but his name is Wong. Okay. I want to say his name is Benedict Wong. He's got the same name as Benedict Cumberbatch, the same first name. Really? I think it's actually his name. I could be wrong. That could be somebody completely different. Okay. But regardless, it's the same actor that played Wong in Doctor Strange, or in Marvel, and he plays a character in this movie. Also didn't catch that like when the van blew up, it was him that died. My cousin had to explain that to me. Oh fuck, Wong died. That's why they freaked out. That's why Will Smith's character was so upset. Oh, I didn't see him. Oh damn. Because they all jumped out, but you only see three people fall out. Uh yeah. They didn't. Dang. That yeah. sucks. Yep. I thought the confrontation with the clone and Clive Owen was awesome, and I also that clone was superhuman fast. Like when they showed him like running across the street and climbing up the building, I was like, Oh yeah, Jesus dude. Christ, this dude's superhuman. Yeah. <laughs> And oh, he's in like heavy, the, like the second clone. Yeah, yeah, and heavy clone. stuff that can deflect bullets. So <laughs> I mean, absorb it. So deflect yeah, like explosive rounds. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh my god, dude. But I thought that like when the original clone and Clive Owen had the conversation on the roof when he confronted him, I kind of felt for Clive Owen in that moment. And then at the end, when Clive Owen confronts him in the store after they kill the third, the second clone, 
I probably wasn't supposed to, but I kind of agreed with Clive Owen. Are you kidding me? I, I kind of did. Like, I guess it's going to be controversial, but he was like, you know, we keep sending people to fight, to fight wars and to do things that get them killed and have to come back and tell their families and tell their husbands, their wives, their mothers, their brothers, their sisters, their fathers that they're dead. Whereas if we use this method, there's no pain and there's no loss for anybody. We create a biological entity that has no empathy, no feelings, no nothing. It is just a husk shell. It is basically a robot. And we send it to do this stuff and we save everybody else's grief. And I was like, man, I can kind of see his point, but it doesn't make it morally correct. Exactly, because there's still people. That's the whole debacle yeah. for like the Clone Wars and Star Wars. I don't know. No, I'm not, okay, yeah, yeah. But like, <laughs> your first reaction was like, oh, all right, well, so Nick is about to be a villain real quick. Hold on. <laughs> no, it's just like, I, I understand that viewpoint of where he's coming from and how somebody could see it that way. But I feel like what, makes, saying that. what makes him a villain is that he didn't find it morally corrupt. He didn't view them as people. Yeah, exactly. The only one he viewed as a person was the first clone. And I feel like because he took him on as a son. Just like, it's still just a reason to make money and sell troops, basically. At the very end of the day, it still is. Yeah, I'm sure that's his prime motivation. Yeah. You know what I mean? But like, you also get in that same debate if it were to be androids or machines. Like, where does it become morally wrong? Oh, I mean, but it's not cloned me, humans. I'm the, like, I'm the bad guy in the views. Like when it comes to like androids and stuff and creating AI, I'm like, fuck that, kill them. <laughs> no, I mean like creating them for this purpose to fight battles and wars and do things that are dangerous, so humans want to do it. Like, when does it become well, morally let's not, corrupt? Let's not invent Skynet, please. But you know what I'm saying? Like, it, it, but yeah, we're it leads into that. We're already doing that and stuff. Well, kind of. Oh, there's definitely like. A, qu- a quadrupedic machines that we can send into the battlefields with like... No, yeah, but it's not like sentient android machines that we're sending out not there. Not yet. No, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> when it gets to that point when they have sentience, that, that's when like the moral morality really comes into it. It's like, what's considered a living thing? Does it have rights? Should it be able to choose if it gets sent there or not? This is the purpose it was created for, though. Yeah. Well, that's going into like Ex Machina, too. Yeah. Like, um, he that's made them just for like his own... like pleasure machines and stuff mm-hmm. but they obviously did not enjoy that and they fucking rebelled mm-hmm. that movie fucking pissed me off though. Mean, what it was amazing uh, no it's a great movie i don't have any Ooh. qualms with it i you just hated the fact the that like she um she screwed the dude over i forgot the main character's name but like he tried to save her and stuff and she just leaves him down there yeah because he was a shit person well because he was in love with her not necessarily in love with her he wasn't a good person himself how so i don't remember dom hall gleason's character yeah. It's ginger. been a while since I've seen it before. Yeah, the ginger guy from Star Wars. Yeah. Like, the two people from Star, Star Wars. Wars. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's Poe Dameron and the villain. Yeah. Uh, and they play reverse roles. It's been a long time since I've seen it before, but, like, I got the... Like, wasn't he also kind of a shithead, too? I don't, I don't remember, but I don't remember ever thinking that he was a bad person. Okay, maybe, okay, maybe I'm just wrong on that, then. I do yeah. remember him not getting out of the house, though. He died at the end, didn't he? It's because she left him there, and he was locked in, and, like... All the power was shutting down and stuff. He was locked in there. Did he not tell her just to go, though? No. He was oh, screaming okay. for her. He's like, help me, or whatever. He's like, get me out of here. And she just like, looks at him and just leaves. Oh, yeah, I think I remember now. Because it's like, she was just supposed to be this pleasure robot, but she still had an ulterior motive in the end, and she kind of hated humans. Yeah. So she I just mean, let him fucking like, die. It was like her one interaction was with... Um, with the guy that created her. Oh, for and the yeah, most he was part. Not very and he was out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, and he was not very good. To so be. even if um, main character did end up getting out of the house, like he was not going to get saved. No, she's probably going to kill him. No, I'm saying like the, he was miles oh, away. Oh yeah, there was no coming for you. Yeah. yeah, no one coming. They had to fly a helicopter to get there. Yeah, and the helicopter is what picked her up. Yeah. Well, she yeah, probably, that's right. She probably killed the pilot and then left. That's what it was. <laughs> that's right. Now I remember the ending. Now that's what it's supposed to like give you a sense of like impending dread. Now. Yeah. And with that ending, it's like. 
he kind of fell in love with her and was helping her out. But in the end, it's like she too had an ulterior motive and it was for freedom and she does not care about him. Mm-hmm. She d- probably hates humanity. I think So now she's out in the world to live a life to discover who, I guess, quote unquote, she is as a person, but also probably not be good. In fact, I'm fairly certain that she's the reason why he was the one chosen for that um, lottery or whatever, where he got to come there is because she knew that he was like a loner and would fall in love with her. Mm-hmm. She could have like coaxed him into it. Uh, we got started talking about another movie. God, that movie's so <laughs> a way good. better movie. Yeah, <laughs> a way better movie. Overall, I'm a massive Will Smith fan. I enjoyed Gemini Man for what it was. It wasn't fantastic. It's probably like a six or a seven from me. Yeah, exactly, same for me. His performance is incredible. I wouldn't say incredible. I'm not. Then His again, I'm not a great, huge dude. Will Smith fan. In fact, I'm one of the few people that doesn't really care for him. Really? Yeah. You gotta think about the duality of his performance, though, man. He played two different characters that was with the same person that felt completely different. And his performance was different for both of them. Like, I thought he did an excellent job. That's a good point. Uh, I think one of my other favorite scenes is, like, when you, uh, you first see the clone and he's, like, chasing after him through the city. That was dope. I thought it was super funny that, like, he, uh, Will Smith, main Will Smith, mm-hmm. shoots younger Will Smith's bike and it catches on fire and he, like, uh, tries to throw it in front of him and explodes. He jumps off, rolls. <laughs> and just drop kicks this other cop on another dirt bike. Yeah, he's like, give me this bike. <laughs> <laughs> just fluid, too. Uh, also, I just really appreciate the fact that it showed him like actually struggling to shoot while riding a dirt bike at times, even though he's a yes. pro. I love that. That like They both are trying to aim their shot up and like, oh, we don't have it, and they're missing. It's like, oh, then, yeah. Because even still, they're not going to be perfect. Yeah, because he's riding on like a... Uh, Basically, like, even though like he a shot sidewalk. a fucking grenade within like a half a... Like a split second that notice in midair. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But he did still get burnt a little bit by it. He yeah. got singed. Yeah. Uh, also, the fact that they showed like some of the like, more high-tech gun stuff because he like kind of like turns the barrel. Yeah, the, the one that turns. The yeah. corner. That's a real thing. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I was like, the fact that people even think about that is yeah. just ridiculous. You can put it on the corner and see what you're doing and shoot that way. Mm-hmm. It's smart. But I was really impressed with like he's riding like basically uh, kind of like on a boardwalk. But basically riding like on a wall on the dirt bike and he starts trying to shoot and he looks down and, like this tire starts wobbling for a second. And I was like, cool, that's pretty realistic. You never see that in action movies. No, yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like some of the things they did in this were really, really interesting and, and very well done. Mm-hmm. But some of it was spotty. The screenplay itself, like the dialogue was pretty fucking bad at times. Oh, very much so. Yeah. I can't remember the f- one of the few lines at the beginning. Oh, uh, when he's like, you got five minutes to tell me, with or without teeth or whatever. Yeah. And then she repeats it to him. I was like, oh, my God. I actually rolled my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> I do it, but it had a hard cap, though. When it she was like, blah, 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 blah. He's like, how do you know that? And hands him the teeth. like, oh, wow, she did it. <laughs> I was like, oh, that was kind of a payoff. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and she definitely killed him afterwards. Yeah. Uh, I, I really liked, too, that they stayed away in that moment. I felt like they needed to, in that scene, show that she was a capable agent. Yeah. And I like that Will Smith didn't come to her rescue, that she made it out of that one situation on her own. Still, though, that was like one of the few times that she actually did anything. In the exactly. Movie. And I but think that's, that's usually how that goes in action movies, too, is like when it's sent around the man. It's like the one, the female gets one fucking scene. Usually, they get one, they'll get one scene where they kind of get the advantage, but even still, they end up needing help in that scene. Yeah. That's and true. she didn't in this one. She, like, her training came through and she was able to, like, she also, she stop actually that guy. saved Will Smith, too. Yeah. When he was, like, drowning his yeah. older self and mm-hmm. she actually winged him in the shoulder because he kept asking her, he's like, don't shoot. Yeah, he kept, uh, I thought that was so awesome when the, the clone's beating his ass. He's like, don't shoot him. Don't shoot him. <laughs> just like just driving, like hitting you with the head. He's a good person. He's a good person. It's like, I get it, bro. He's, we got it. He's morally, he's morally correct. We got it. Even though he killed 72 people before yeah, the start e- of the movie. Even though he's like an assassin. So he killed 72 people before the start of the movie. How many people do you think he killed throughout the movie? 73. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, not that many, I don't think, throughout the course of the film. 
He, I mean, he shoots several people. He kills, like, in comparison to 72, not that many. Probably another 10 or 15. Yeah, that's probably Most fair. of them are operatives and agents trying to kill him. Yeah, he shoots two people all with more. one bullet at the end. That was dope. Yeah. That was dope. I like when he got the, got the, the axes or the hatches in or when him was like, I guess that's how we're doing it. And I was like, this is not going to work. <laughs> no, y'all are dead. <laughs> but yeah, overall, like, I liked it for what it was. The story itself is really interesting. It's a unique concept. Yeah, the concept was good. The execution of the direction as far as like the camera work goes, it was great. And you know, I think like people have done the same thing though in like other movies. Well, I'm positive they like, have. And mostly the one that came to mind when I first saw the trailer was like, this kind of reminds me of a uh, way more grounded though. And I never saw this movie with um, Bruce Willis. Bruce Willis be- being hunted by his younger self that was sent from like Looper. Looper, bro. This Looper is a billion times better than this movie. Is it? Okay, dude, it's fucking amazing. Re- you, what was that? You probably won't like it because Ryan Johnson wrote and directed it, but. I'm trying to remember. His you know, his you know who that versions. is, right? Yeah, he did Last Jedi. Yeah, you need uh, to see Looper and Brick, his other two movies. Well, and he also did. Uh, who the was the younger Bruce Willis and Looper? The Brothers Bloom, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Joseph Gordon-Levitt. God dang, dude! I knew his name. I just kept wanting to say like Jake Gyllenhaal and Jared Leto. Watching, <laughs> watching him in Looper. Oh my god! It's like watching a young Bruce Willis. His mannerisms are perfect. Really? Yeah, he fucking nailed it, dude. It's scary. He doesn't look identical to him because it's yeah, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, yeah. but he acts. Exactly like Bruce Willis. So this is fucking awesome. It's very good. Well, he acts like a younger version of Wood. It's still like his take on a younger version of Bruce Willis, but there's so much there that it's like, oh my God, that's Bruce Willis. Is this as good as the guy that played Han Solo in the Han Solo movie? It's better. Really? Yeah, way better. I thought that guy did a pretty good job acting like young Harrison. That's like 99% of everyone's complaint about the movie is that they hated that dude. He wasn't good as a young young Han Solo. I I thought thought he was great. I thought he was fucking excellent. I thought he was really good. Yeah, I did too. People that hate on that movie. I I liked that movie, actually. There's people that hate it on Rogue One, too. But I thought those movies were really good. Yeah, they're they're all good. Yeah, well, there's only one bad Star Wars movie, and it's Phantom Menace. You like Clone Wars? I or wouldn't Attack call it. Clones? I wouldn't call it bad, but it's not great. Man, it's not good. I'd probably get like a four or five. <laughs> Whereas like Attack of the Clones, I get, or I mean Phantom Menace, I get like a one out of ten. There's nothing ten. redeemable about that movie. The ending. That movie is trash. Through you don't like through. the Darth Maul fight? It's all right. Yes, the Darth Maul fight is cool, but one. T- small segment I out know, of two I and a half hours <laughs> doesn't save it. The movie's trash. Uh, it's the same thing for clones. Like the only thing that saves that movie is the last hour and a half of that one fight scene. The last, uh, the second part of the movie is one big fight, is one big battle scene, and it's awesome. It's epic as shit. But everything that precedes it is terrible. That was great. The score for every Star Wars movie is awesome. That's true. John Williams is just a genius. Um, Topher Grace did like a super edit for like the prequels. I know, I know. And the only thing he kept from Phantom Menace was the Darth Maul fight. <laughs> <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah. Here's Anakin. Darth Maul fight. Next movie. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's like, awesome. Hey, good call. <laughs> smart. Smart. I like it. I like I it. I mean, um, oh God, how did I forget his name? Um, Qui-Gon? Qui-Gon Jinn, yeah. yeah Liam, Liam Neeson's. Neeson's. Yeah. I, mean, <laughs> I like how we both just said Neeson's. Yeah. <laughs> Liam Neeson's. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he was good throughout the movie, but I mean... Yeah, him and Ewan were like both good. Yeah. They're good performances, but the movie sucks. Oh, yeah, the movie's ass. I mean, yeah. the whole... I'm, I'm able to watch a movie and realize that it is fucking garbage, but someone gets a good performance in the it. The concept of pod racing was awesome. Sure. Yeah, but I mean, that's about and it. a seven-year-old out there doing it and winning. I mean, yeah, but he's the chosen one. <laughs> Dude, I mean, his, his the midichlorians were on his yeah. side. <laughs> I do feel bad, so bad. Why for wasn't that, that movie actor? called The Phantom Midichlorians? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jake, uh, whatever his name is. Yeah, dude. Oh, man. He fucking hates Star Wars now. Yeah, I mean, because the, the fans ruined his so life. It's so sad that he got bullied at school for that being in that movie. Yeah. 
I think it's like just, every other kid wouldn't have done it too. Yeah, exactly. even after seeing it, they said, "Like I don't care, I'll do it anyway." Yeah, they were just incredibly jealous. Yeah, dude, Jake Lloyd, I think his name or something like that. Yeah, he still goes to conventions though. And as a child performance as an actor, his performance wasn't bad in that movie, except for the yippee. I mean, it. He's a kid. It's. Not, I, I don't think he just came up with yippee. He's like, that was my idea. No, George Lucas is like, do this. And do it this way. Yeah, fuck George Lucas for giving him that line. It's like, that's so what unrealistic. What happened to that dude? He, he directed had too some many great yes men. Too that's many true. yes men. That's true. But what happened to his directorial skills because they disappeared when he made those movies? I can't believe that he actually said, like, in one of the behind the scenes, like, he said Jar Jar is the key to all this. Yeah, because they could sell toys off it. But did anybody actually buy those? I think Probably. there was a. <laughs> Wait, no, never mind. That was from like uh, super fans or whatever that movie was. Like I think um, Seth Rogen had a j- tattoo of Jar Jar before the movie came out. Fanboys, did he? I think that's what fanboys. Yeah. He had a tattoo of Jar Jar. I don't remember yeah, that. I think it's in there. He's like, oh, I can't wait, and he just pulls up his sleeve. <laughs> like a tattoo of Jar Jar. <laughs> <laughs> Woo, that's getting covered up. <laughs> oh shit, you know right. So the reason people have the theory that Jar Jar was supposed to be like the supreme that's dark just being, a joke, like it's a joke based in reality. Really? George Lucas is on record as saying, you can look this up, that he originally conceived George R. Binks to be the way he was and to be revealed at the end of that movie that he was a bad guy. And that's why he's like so stupid and aloof to fool everyone into thinking he's not a threat and then he would turn out to be a bad guy. That would have been the greatest and the most awful twist of all time. And the reason, uh, maybe maybe he was going to reveal it in the second movie, but the reason he didn't do it is because it was such a huge hit with kids. But also, everybody that wasn't a kid fucking hated him. So he reduced his role majorly in the next movie and kept him good so he could continue selling toys. I also remember that one super ridiculously chromed out spaceship. Yeah. Those special effects look fucking terrible now, too. Oh, my God. Yeah. There was like 99% of that film was CGI. The entirety of clones is CGI. Yeah. That last fucking hour of that movie is nothing but CGI. Yeah. It's insane. But, I mean, it's, it's entertaining. Have you ever watched Clone Wars? Yeah, yeah. I need to get back on it. Me too. I'm like, I, I only made it like half through the first season. For the, but I, through but the I first like season? Yeah. yeah, that's what exactly. I like it, but it's very, like, I've been told you got to make it to, like, the first two or three seasons before it stops being, like, TVY7 super child programming. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it's like, ugh. I heard it's, it like, all this? really dark at times. I've heard after the second or third season, like, it gets away from that, and it's a little more adult. It's still a kid. It's still for kids. Like, it's not because it's a cartoon. Like, the show was conceived for a child audience. Yeah. But it gets a little more adult, and it starts dealing with, uh, or a little more mature. They also develop Anakin a hell of a lot yeah, more. Yeah, they start developing and maturing the characters and stuff, and they start bringing in other storylines from like the comics and from Legacy and canonizing them because this that TV show is current canon. Also, like it develops the, a lot of the clones too. Yeah, like they're not just you know. And it has what's her head, uh, Ashoka, Ashoka or whatever. Ashoka, yeah, Luke's uh, apprentice. Mm-hmm. Or wait, no, no, it's an apprentice. Yeah, it was Luke's her apprentice. Padawan. Yeah, she's fucking dope, dude. Yeah, she actually, uh, I mean, I saw her a, a bit in, uh, I think it's Rebels, like where she actually confronts Darth. She's in Rebels? Yeah. Rebels is based quite a bit after Clone Wars. Yeah, exactly. But she's like one of the few Jedi that actually escaped and lived. Damn, I thought her, now, okay. I thought she died at some point in Clone Wars. No, I think she, okay. if anything, I think she probably dies in Rebels. Because okay. she, Maybe co- that's she goes and confronts Darth Vader. And I think that's when she finds out that that was actually Anakin. Oh, snap. Yeah. <laughs> Darth Maul is also Wait, in no, she can't be Luke Skywalker's apprentice. No, Anakin's. Yeah, I said Luke, and that's why I looked off. And like, no, you're right. Yeah, it was Anakin's apprentice. Yeah. Not Luke's. When Anakin himself was an apprentice, right? He had yeah. her as an apprentice. And Darth Maul is actually alive in Clone Wars. Yeah, he And his brother. Fights Obi and his mom. Obi's mom? No. Oh. Anakin. Or, I mean, 
Maul's. Darth Maul has a mother? Yeah, she's evil as shit. Oh. She's just a sick little fuck. He has a mom and sisters, I think. I did not know that. I only knew about his brother, because I know at some point, spoilers, that like apparently um, Palpatine kills his brother. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's what kind of turns him against him. When Maul gets cut in half, I'm pretty sure it's his mom and his sister, or maybe his mom and his brother, that rescue him and give him like the android lower half. Oh, really? Yeah, and then... I thought he did that they himself, but... die or something? I don't remember what happens to him exactly. I don't remember the exact specifics of it. But yeah, it's really cool they brought him back for that series. And I think they also kill him in that series. Pretty sure Obi-Wan fights him and kills him. Oh, no, yeah, in Clone Wars. No, it's in, he's in Rebels. Oh, then in Rebels, I think Obi fights him and kills him. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. I've seen that scene. Okay. They've like, a, by a campfire or something, and then they end up getting in a, a lightsaber battle. It's well, really well done. thing with like Rebels is like this. I've heard Rebels is also very good, and it's not like TV wise something for kids. Yeah. It's conceived for well, children. I think it's still on like Disney XD or something. Yeah, it's conceived for children, but it's made. It's like watching Batman animated series or X Men animated series or the old Spider Man. Like, oh, yeah. it's They're quote unquote conceived mature. for children, but it's made with by adults with adults in mind as well, while still making it in a way that kids can enjoy it too. Which is what I understood that. From what I understand, that's, that's, how, how, like, that's how Clone Wars developed. In, that's like, the whole spirit of Star Wars anyway. That's what Clone Wars developed into. That's exactly what Star Wars is. Yeah. yeah. George Lucas always conceived it as something that kids would love because he tried to make the kind of things that he loved as a kid. But he wanted to make it to where the whole family and adults can like it too. Yeah. And it just took off to be bigger with adults than with kids. Well, I don't know actually, man. It's pretty big with everybody. But yeah. when I was a kid, like uh, that was my jam. A New Hope drew me in so much. I was such a Luke fanboy. Before it was known as A New Hope. Yeah. Well, when I was a kid, it was known as A New oh, Hope because yeah, all three were yeah. out. Yeah. <laughs> I was born in 85, so the original trilogy was already released. <laughs> I ain't that old, Stephon Marbury. But yeah, so we have uh, definitely rambled on this whole episode and uh, gotten to our allotted time limit. <laughs> 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 Steven has some stuff that he has to go do, so uh, he's got to take uh, the girl to work. Is that what you said? Yeah. He's got to go to work, yeah. The breadwinner. The breadwinner. <laughs> <laughs> the breadwinner. <laughs> Stephen may wear pants, but he is not the breadwinner. <laughs> oh, man. So, yeah, we're going to go ahead and uh, wrap this episode up. We don't have any uh, comic issues to talk about today. We're intending to talk about the, the finales of House of uh, X and Powers of Ten, but we went a bit too long in everything else. So we, we actually talked about those. This would be like a two-hour podcast. Yeah, there's a lot to talk about. Yeah. So we're going to do that next week. But uh, yeah, overall, they're shit. <laughs> <laughs> Regardless, I think it was a pretty. Uh, we did a good episode here today. Got a bunch of a uh, whole different stuff in there for you, and it's not just completely comic book centric. So for people that once. for people that listen to it for like our movie and pop culture thoughts, this is like an episode entirely for you, basically. I mean, I don't care about the fans, but yeah, I don't <laughs> care about anybody. So, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but we appreciate you tuning in, checking us out, and listening to us. Make sure you hit us up on all of our social medias that we listed at the beginning of the show. Don't forget those DMs. Yeah, don't forget Steve, <laughs> to DM Stephen Picks Wangs. <laughs> it don't got to be yours; just any any Wang will do. Yep, any Wang so will we do. We're finally gonna talk about Big Willie this uh, podcast, yeah. but not like Big not Willie the adult style. Film. <laughs> Big Willie style, but yeah. not what? But not the adult film. Not the adult <laughs> film. <laughs> oh yeah, so like we didn't even cap like overall with Gemini Man. I quite enjoyed it. Uh, I enjoyed it. It could have been way better than what it was. You could tell there was a lot of talent behind making that movie. If it would have been like another director, another actor, it would have been like probably a fucking garbage shit show. Yeah. I probably would have enjoyed it more if I had been freezing my ass off. Yeah, and the theater experience was terrible. That's, yeah. a, that's insane that like two days after I had my experience there, the, the same problem still existed. Yeah, it was pretty ridiculous. Like, he stupid. did give me a warning, though. I guess I just didn't realize how cold 50 degrees is. <laughs> 50 <laughs> degrees? That's nothing. That's what I thought, too. I was like, why is he telling me this? I can handle this. I'm a big boy. I'm a big boy? Did you say that to him? No. You should have. I kind of just like shook my head. I was like, okay. <laughs> like, <laughs> idiot. Opened the door. I was like, yeah, it's a bit nippy. <laughs> 
Oh my god, is he sure it's fifty and not below fifty? That's how I felt. I was like, dude, I am freezing. <laughs> it was awful. But anyways, we'll be back next week as always. Make sure you tell your friends about us, share the podcast, make sure you like and comment on whatever platform you're listening to us on. We're the best pod- we're the best podcast on the planet and everybody knows it. <laughs> wow, being generous. Yep. Bye bye. Later. <laughs>